Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining me on my podcast, Mahan Health with Dr. Hanisha. Mahan literally translates to great in Sanskrit, and it just doesn't make sense to have anything but the absolute best when it comes to your health. This podcast is all about how you can achieve Mahan or great health yourself. My goal is by you listening or watching this podcast, you're getting just a little bit closer to achieving Mahan or great health yourself. This podcast is all for you, so please make sure to comment what you'd like to learn more about so I can get a guest on the show who's an expert in that field, or hey, I might even talk about it myself. Today's episode, we're continuing to talk about one of my absolute favorite topics, hormones. Specifically today, we're talking about male hormones and testosterone. If you missed the last episode on female hormones, make sure you go check that out. I interviewed Dr. Noilani Rodriguez, a women's health expert, on what it is what is actually happening in a woman's body. This is such crucial information for all of us to know, both men and women. So make sure you check that episode out if you haven't yet. All right. Well, today's episode, I had the opportunity to interview one of my good friends, my Midwestern brother, and an esteemed colleague of mine, Dr. Michael Moeller. Dr. Michael Moeller is a leading expert in men's health and hormones. He has dedicated his career to helping men optimize their health and age gracefully. Dr. Moeller's practice is on the cutting edge of new and integrative therapies. These therapies include testosterone optimization therapy, peptide therapy, intravenous nutrient therapy, and regenerative injection therapy like prolotherapy and platelet-rich plasma. When not in the office, you can find him in nature, at the gym, or podcasting. Make sure you check out his YouTube channel and his podcast called The Michael Moeller Mentality. It's an amazing show. I highly recommend it for everyone um, who's listening to this. All right. Well, um, let's get started on the episode. Make sure to leave comments below on what you think of this episode and reach out to Dr. Moeller or myself after this show. Okay. I won't hold you up anymore. Hope you enjoyed the show. Hi, Dr. Mo. How are you doing today? I'm doing just dandy, enjoying this uh, this Sunday day in Southern California. Love it. How? Um, thank you so much for joining me on my show today. I really appreciate it, and I'm so happy that you um, that you decided to join me. Hey, I'm super happy to be here. Uh, excited to talk about the guys because uh, they definitely need it. So I appreciate you providing a platform that we could talk about these important issues. So. Yes, definitely. No, I, I completely agree. A lot of time we talk about women's health so much that we forget about men's health. And this is, that's half the population. Yeah. <laughs> we got to focus on them too. Come on, you dudes. Let's do this. Yeah, let's do it. All right. So I ask all of my guests this question because I think our stories uh, are what define us. They're what make us who we are. So can you tell me a little bit about your journey into naturopathic medicine and what brought you there? 100%. I'm, I'm happy to share my story. So uh, during my undergraduate at uh, SIU, Carbondale, go dogs, I came <laughs> down with uh, interstitial cystitis. And they didn't know that at the time, but basically that's an inflammatory condition of the bladder. And if you Google it, it's pretty much like no cure. They really don't understand it. Uh, but I originally was diagnosed with an STD and I had just like started a relationship at the time. And so, you know, that was kind of like, oh, whoa, whoa, what's going on here? Yeah. Uh, is it me? Is it her? It wasn't, I, and I was about 900% sure that it wasn't me because I knew I was being safe in, in any, in any ways, not too much detail there. Um, but my symptoms went away after I got some antibiotics, my symptoms went away and then they came back. And so I went back to the surgeon care 
and they had run all the basic lab results to check for STDs. And they're like, oh, sorry, you're actually negative for all these. And I was like, whoa, were you guys like, were you guys going to tell me? Or they're like, well, standard of care is we just diagnose you, give you some antibiotics, and then you go on your way. And we know that if the symptoms come back, you'll come back. I'm like, wow, thanks. Like I was going to tell this person who I'm dating that I had an STD, which was probably going to complicate things. Um, but so after like three rounds, four rounds, probably four or five rounds of antibiotics and seeing three or four different doctors and eventually getting a cystoscopy, which is where they take a camera up your penis hole and into your bladder and they look yeah. around. Uh, I got no answers and just told, Hey, you have, you know, here's antibiotics. And I got a lot of side effects as far as GI issues, some things that I'm probably still dealing with. You'll probably hear this from a lot of people that take Cipro, a lot of long-term complications from that. Um, and, but a, a after the fifth round of antibiotics and the third doctor, I'm like, wow, I better figure this out because unfortunately these people aren't going to be able to figure it out for me. So at the time I was doing a lot of bodybuilding, working at GNC. So I knew quite a bit about natural health. I just kind of did my own research, removed a lot of bladder irritants and I was in state school. So I was staying up late, boozing, uh, doing a lot, eating a lot of stuff I shouldn't have been. And I basically just a did a bunch of naturopathy stuff, started sleeping more. Uh, got rid of uh, a lot of inflammatory foods, uh, some juice fast here and there, a couple herbs and the symptoms went away. And at that point, um, I was kind of shifting through a lot of different stuff in my own personal life as far as what I wanted to do with it. And so I was like, okay, I'm just going to be a doctor. And, you know, I saw the MDs, I saw the DOs, what they were doing. I was actually signed up to go to chiropractic school before I heard about NDs. And then I uh, found out what NDs were and you know, I went to Bastyr, California, graduated in 2017, and here I am trying to help guys out with the problem I had uh, seven years ago. So it's a story. Wow. Yeah, and that's yeah. it, and, and the rest is history. rest is history, and now mostly I do uh, testosterone replacement because uh, like what you guys are trying to do in your practice is really health is about being optimal and being resilient. So if we can build up the resiliency, then you can take on – uh, a life because life is full of entropy. We are constantly aging and being broken down. So it's our job as naturopathic doctors to lead you on a path of health to make you as resilient as possible or help you become as resilient as possible. You take the steps, you do the work. So, right. Yeah. You do all the work and we're just here to guide you through that. And that's, that's it. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Love it. Okay. So um, let's get right into it. Let's talk about testosterone. How, right. yeah. How does it affect uh, men versus women differently? Testosterone, uh, men and women both have it. And right. I don't really see a whole lot of women, so I can talk a little bit about that. Mm -hmm. But testosterone, and, and I'll, I'll start from the side of, of the men, it's really, out of all hormones and biological systems, it's probably what differentiates the XY chromosome from the XS. It's what makes women and men different. Mm -hmm. So women who undergo uh, the transit, like uh, a, gen a gender transition, they actually give them high amounts of testosterone. So women on average have, to my understanding, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, 15 to 80 milligrams per deciliter as far as their blood serum levels of testosterone, where men have like 250 to 1,000. So that just shows you that the highest of women and the lowest of men, there's still about a 4x different, uh, difference. And the way I talk to my patients about it is that testosterone really helps take turn boys into men. So think about growing muscle, the libido kicks on when, you know, a boy goes from about 12 to 18, what's really happening in the body? Muscles, um, androgenic effects as far as hair growth, deepening of the voice, 
um, muscles, brain, libido, all those things. And they do the same thing in women just at, at, a, at a lower amount because they have uh, less of it. So kind of the difference between men and women. And, and I think for women, most of the time, the symptom is the, the libido seems to be a real big one when the women's testosterone is low. Where with men, you get this whole like energy, depression, because it's good for the brain too. Um, yeah, exactly. weak, weak libido, all those things. So it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a huge part of health for both men and women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Like you said, I mean, I mean, the hormones in general affect all of our physiology in so many different ways. So of course, whenever we have lower levels of testosterone, especially for men, it's going to affect the neurology, the cardiovascular system, all mm-hmm. of these other systems. And so that's why it's really important. Um, let's talk about a little bit of the statistics today. So yeah. I, I'm so terrible with statistics and I always forget the number, but I know today um, the number is really low. So can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So there was actually this big study that had originally come out that I think in like 1988, the average six-year-old's testosterone level. And we're going to go with just what's called total testosterone. Free testosterone is actually more important because it's what's able to be used. But for the vast majority of time, we've been measuring more of total testosterone. Um, and the study in 1988 showed that the, and I, it might be off by 50 to hundred, but it was it, the average 60, 65 year old testosterone was like 600, 600, 650. Okay. And by 2002, that number had dropped a hundred, a hundred points down to 500 ish. And with the same age, yeah, right. with the, the same age. Yeah, and the, the average levels, to my understanding right now, are about 650 in society for everyone. And that, in 1988, that was the average for like a 60-year-old. So, yeah. And, and men's testosterone goes down as we age. But as of right now, 25% of men, that means one-fourth of men, over the age of 30 have diagnosable, meaning below 250 milligrams per deciliter, uh, low testosterone for about a fourth of men over the age of 30 and a third of them by the time they're 40. So if you're a guy out there, that's, you know, you're, you have a one in four, one in three chance of having low testosterone and it increases as we age. So what we just talked about testosterone being so important for all these, all these different things, brain, heart, health, all these different things. If you're not having it measured, knowing what's going on with it, it can really be affecting your health. Yeah. Definitely. It's, it, I mean, so what would you say has been contributing to the lower levels of testosterone that we're seeing today that didn't exist over oh, like 30 years ago? Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's really, really hard because the variables, and I like to be as scientific as possible, the variables that are probably contributing to this are like, they're unlimited. I think some of the big things we know that we can go after are xenoestrogens things that mimic estrogen within the body. And that's like your plastics, there's different chemicals and hand lotion and your shampoo and all these different things that we just don't understand how they work within the body. We do know that like BPA is a xenoestrogen, meaning that it can bind to the estrogen receptors in the body, making the body think that it has estrogen when it really doesn't. And blue lights is a big one that a lot of people are talking about right now. When the sun's highest, it emits a blue light that literally shuts off melatonin. Uh, testosterone is highest when we get good nights of sleep. They've shown that guys who do shift work, uh, you know, firefighters, uh, policemen, ER doctors, uh, their testosterone plummets after they, they do shift work. Mm-hmm. So I think overall, it's just like this level of productivity and stress in this world that we live in. 
it's just not conducive to having optimal testosterone levels. And that's one thing I get a lot from my patients. They're like, Hey, how do I raise my levels naturally? And I'm like, well, you need to like move to the country, get rid of all your plastic products, sleep eight to eight to nine hours a night, not be stressed. And it's just like, people don't think about things like in Southern California, you sit in traffic and hitting the brake pads. And when you hit those brake pads, those particles float up in the air and you breathe that in. Like there's just, there's so many the, in the water. If you're in the Midwest, if you're drinking well water, atrazine is a chemical out there that can be messing with your hormones. So it's just, we're just bombarded with this stuff everywhere. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've just completely changed the way we live. Yeah. And so we're constantly exposed to these. Well, heavy metals. And they show that, and I don't know, there's a big argument with the uh, introduction of birth control. So a lot of males, their testosterone level can be linked back to the amount of testosterone that a woman has while she's pregnant. That's one of the main contributors to showing how high a guy's testosterone is. And you know, like the birth control thing came around, what was that, 30, 40 years ago? And then you have all these other pharmaceutical agents just as far as like you know, our fathers. So I still see a lot of older guys come in that have higher levels than guys in their 30s and 40s. Um, wow. So I don't know if that's statins can lower testosterone, cholesterol, drugs, opiates for sure, stress, um, alcohol, marijuana. It's, there's, there's just so many things that, and this, this just goes back to being optimal. Anything that you think that can decrease your resiliency is probably going to decrease your testosterone. And, and I actually saw a test come out showing that, that they're like, wow, we should use testosterone to be the overall biomarker for like men's health, like to show their resiliency. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, all those things like sugar, stress, and sleep are going to be the three things that they're, they're, all, they're all studied to show that you do like 50 grams of sugar, your testosterone is going to drop like 20, 30% in the next hour. So next hour. Wow. It does it. And, uh, sugar. So you, you couple that on top of all these other little things that are slowly nicking away at it, heavy metals. I mean, I don't know what fluoride's doing in the water. So who knows? Right. Oh, I mean, there's so many factors and it, it, I mean, it really is hard to pinpoint exactly what it is because it really is multi, multi. Well, and, and, and little things too, like vaccines, we don't understand what that does to our immune system. Like we mm-hmm. see the rise of these autoimmune diseases and also with vaccinations, testosterone is very important for the immune system. So I'm not saying that it causes low, but I'm saying we don't understand the interplay of that. We don't have a double blind placebo controlled trial showing that people who are vaccinated for a hundred years versus people who weren't what their testosterone was like. We can look at testosterone levels in another country. I saw a study coming out of Egypt where it was, I think it was interstitial societies in their testosterone levels. And these guys in Egypt were all running around like 800 milligrams per deciliter testosterone, which really doesn't happen in the United States. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to take in all the data right now. Yeah, I guess with that said, what would be optimal levels of testosterone? Because I know they've even decreased the range recently. Yeah. So, um, so what would be optimal? Because whatever the range is right now, I know is way too low. Yeah. <laughs> right? So actually, what happened in 2017, the endocrine society, uh, the endocrine society, the testosterone levels used to be 350 to 1200. And the guys' levels have been dropping so much that they're like, we're just going to scoot the bar down here a little bit. And they scooted it down to 250 to 850. And again, like a funny story. So I had a friend and he had contacted me and had all the symptoms of low testosterone. I said, hey, go get your T checked. He went and got his testosterone measured and it was like 255. Okay. This guy was like in his mid thirties. That's a testosterone level of someone who's 80. It's 255, which is, or no, I'm sorry, 245. So he was low. 
even at the doctor. But in order for insurance to cover it and to be diagnosed as low testosterone, he needs to have two readings within like three days or something. So he goes and gets it measured like two days later and he's 255. So just over the bar and they're like, oh, you're fine. It's not your testosterone that's causing your depression that makes you weak, that doesn't let you have a connection with like your loved one or makes you feel like, you know, just dirt. And so, yeah, that's a good, a good example of what lowering the level has done. But again, what the research is showing us retrospectively is there's been some studies showing guys um, over 900 decrease for Alzheimer's, over 700 decreased chance for uh, heart disease and diabetes, uh, overall decreased chance for death when guys' yeah. testosterone is over 900 uh, milligrams per deciliter. So I, I think that's really huge too, because the leading cause of death in the United States, especially for men, is mm -hmm. cardiovascular disease, right? Yeah. Heart yeah. disease. Is that it? Is and yeah? Is that just a coincidence that all of our testosterone is low and we're all dying of what testosterone can help prevent? Yeah, right. Probably not, because testosterone too increases insulin sensitivity, so it helps keep blood sugar down. And we know that high amounts of blood sugar just contributes to all kinds of everything. Anything that's bad is pretty much from inflammation, which comes from high blood sugar. So really, I would say that over nine, like at least over 700 and, uh, but really maybe 10% of guys walking in and, and I see guys that are coming for help. So I, I rarely see guys I've run probably, probably 300, 300 lab tests of testosterone in the last year. I bet maybe 10 or over 600 and maybe like five have been over 800. So it's a real, it's a real epidemic. And it was weird because we learned these things in school. Oh, the range is here to here, optimal's here. And then when I get in practice, I'm like, dude, no one, like me, I, I'm not there. Like there are, and a lot of guys like me come to me and they're like, hey, doc, my testosterone's 500. And I looked at the research, like what's going on? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And oh, open, I'm like, I can figure out, I can try and figure out how to help you. But it's, you know, a lot of guys my age are coming in without the testosterone or their dads. So. Right. And, and you, you feel like that's even common with men like yourself who are fairly active, eat well, and take care of themselves. Oh, yeah. I have guys well, coming in that, you know, they yeah. eat, and, you know, they eat better than me. They're doing everything right. And their testosterone still like 400, uh, you know, having problems losing weight. You know, one of the studies I talk about too, they took guys who had low testosterone. They had one group workout and they gave the other group testosterone. The group that got testosterone was able to put on test, was able to put on muscle mass. The other group wasn't. So I don't like giving excuses to my patients when guys are like, man, I just can't put on, I can't put on muscle. I'm depressed. I don't feel like I have energy. And like, that's one of the main things I hear from my guys when they come back and they start testosterone is like, wow, my, my libido is back. And I actually want to go to the gym. Like two of the main things that you hear. And if you can't, if you don't have those things, like as a man, pretty much not worth living life. A lot of times I'm telling you guys come in depressed, can't get an erection. I have no muscle and I have no drive. What's the point? Right. Yeah. I mean, and, and that makes sense why even these things can lead to conditions like depression right and and again men deal with i, I see i'm telling you i'm terrible with statistics but the yeah. amount of men that deal with depression now is so oh, yeah. high as well and um so it's just like it makes sense it really does it just it just all makes sense whenever we think about all these things that contribute to having the low testosterone level and then the low testosterone leading to all of these issues Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. And it's an, it, it's, it's almost, I, I hate to use the word epidemic, but it's, it's crazy how many guys have, um, and, and, and like all those things in general, whether that's a lack of meaning, you know, we could get into no sense of community, no sense of purpose. You know, we're millennials. We were raised at like at 22, I'm going to have a hundred thousand dollar job <laughs> and everything's going to be perfect. And, uh, not a whole lot of resiliency. And 
I don't want to take too many personal shots and you can blame the, the baby boomers if you want, but um, there is, in my personal opinion, I think a lot of things that externally manifest manifest have some psychological and cultural and community, you know, meaning like, cause when we look at the blue zones, those people have, um, have a lot of community. They have a lot of things that our society has just been, been tearing apart. We're, we're going into this, I don't know, I'll, I'll digress before I, I rip on too much of the, the socialist utopian idea. And I think that more than ever, men need meaning because right now we're just, we, we were raised in this like materialistic objective reality where you're a drop in the bucket and you don't matter. And so guys, in my opinion, for a vast majority of history have, have found meaning. And I think meaning runs hand in hand with testosterone. Like they show that if guys watch a football game and their team wins, their testosterone goes up. If it loses, it goes down. Lobsters, you've talked about lobsters have serotonin. Jordan Peterson talks about this all the time that when lobsters fight with one lobster beats another, um, the one that loses its serotonin goes down. Testosterone is also super important for your neurotransmitters. So serotonin and dopamine, higher amounts of testosterone give you higher levels of serotonin and dopamine. So that's a constant positive feedback. So guys who are out accomplishing things and they're feeling connected, they're going to have high testosterone. So it's like, it's like a chicken or an egg kind of thing. Yeah. And I think that's one of the big things that psychologically we don't, we don't pay attention to, especially in the westernized medicine is that your mood can affect your hormones 100%. Um, it's, again, chicken or the egg thing. Is it your low T made you depressed or you're depressed and your testosterone goes down? Right, yeah. And it, and it could go either way, of course. And I, and I do agree with, in, in terms of the way our, our community is, our, our society is, we're lacking that community aspect of it. And I think that's why um, men do do really well whenever they play sports or are active yeah. in, in group settings, right? Um, that, and, but after high school, how many, how many men still continue to play sports, yeah. right? It's very rare. And I feel like that is a huge issue. And so a lot of times I do recommend for men to get involved in sports, even as they get older, play basketball leagues, football leagues, or whatever, like get involved in whatever you were already playing. Because as soon as you stop, that's when, that's when you won't be able to function anymore. And that becomes difficult. Well, and I think too, we, you know, we have our hypothalamus, we have basically, I don't know if I want to call it a counter, but there's a way that we, we view the world that gives us feedback into why we release hormones. Like you see a bear, you release epinephrine and you right. go sympathetic. Mm -hmm. And my big curiosity in this place is that 20, 30, I would say 50, 60 years ago, when you're a 22 year old guy, at that point, you're probably somewhat, you know, like providing for a family and somewhat you're doing a little bit of that. And now guys, and the same thing is happening for women. Women are waiting longer and longer to get into committed relationships. So I don't know what that's having, having effect on our hormones. Like, especially as a woman, it's like, okay, you're, you know, 25 and you haven't been pregnant yet. Your body's like, are we going to do this? And the same thing for guys. It's like, you haven't have a kid and you're 30. So it's like, your body's like, well, this is weird because 50 years ago, hundred years ago, if you're 30, and you don't have a kid, like you may have never had a kid. Mm -hmm. And I wonder how much of that, if there's some biological systems to get activated when you have a kid, serotonin, prolactin, oxytocin, all these different things that build this, mm -hmm. this sense of community, you know, and, and building a family, if that feeds back. And I don't know, I'm still figuring out that stuff, but I think that all the, that on top of the chemicals, the, the, the chemicals in the water is, is all contributing. And, and we That's like right. to think it's one thing. It's like, I think we're doing a lot of things wrong, personally. Mm -hmm. Me included. Yeah. Me included. Right. I'm not No, perfect. we all are. We all are. And I, I mean, no, it's definitely, I mean, when it comes to health, there's rarely just one thing that's affecting anything you know it, mm -hmm. it is always multifactorial and so 
even a lot of times my patients or clients will ask me like, oh, why am I having this one problem? I'm like, there are a million potential reasons for that. You know, I can't just pinpoint one thing. And I think that's the reality of it. But I do like the the idea of bringing back the community because we have individualized ourselves significantly. I mean, so many of us live alone and men and women both. And yeah. and then that really takes away from that. And we don't talk to our neighbors, you know, and it's, it's just like a completely isolated sort of world. And, and that takes away from a lot of our health. Um, I, I believe. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree. And I think that that's where it comes back, especially the, to the uh, hormonal level, you know, how you have a, yeah. all these things play together. Yeah, definitely. Together. Okay. Uh, so I want to ask you uh, also, how do other hormones play into uh, the testosterone? So like thyroid hormones uh, or estrogen, progesterone. I mean, you talked about the, uh, the estrogen, um, the xenoestrogens and things like that because, um, but I mean, I'll let you get into it a little bit. Yeah. Can you talk about how these other hormones may play a factor, even melatonin? Right. We talked about yeah. that a little bit too, but can you talk about how exactly they play a role? I mean, yeah, we could talk about that for hours because yeah. <laughs> they, they all can indirectly affect, you know, when you think about melatonin, if you're not producing enough melatonin, you're not going to sleep deep. You're not going to release growth hormone. You're not going to re- release a good amount of testosterone. Mm-hmm. Now, testosterone and estrogen, and a lot of probably your listeners are familiar, like estrogen is going to be higher in females, a little bit more of the female hormone. And one mm-hmm. thing that I actually like to talk about that is that it's been demonized in men estrogen and maybe because of the xenoestrogens and especially who guys who get on testosterone replacement their estrogen often goes up which it should they're they're a dance the testosterone and estrogen have to work together like a masculine and feminine and balance so so and estrogen and, and testosterone also read on the brain and when they read in the brain your brain releases gonadotropin releasing hormone you release LH and FSH, which tells your testes to produce testosterone. So they do kind of run together. And that's why we see if we use like a estrogen antagonist like clomiphene or clomid, which is often used in women for um, fertility, you can use that in guys to increase their testosterone, which is weird because you think, oh, lower estrogen, how does that, you know, it increases the testosterone. So all these things do play together. Uh, Testosterone, there are some studies showing that testosterone can uh, increase the amount of free T3. Higher testosterone increases your your thyroid. Um, I would say though, prolactin is one of the ones we have to watch out for, and, and I measure with a lot of guys because uh, higher amounts of prolactin can inhibit the production of gonadotropin releasing hormone and decrease your testosterone. And idiopathically, some guys just get a, a larger part of the pituitary that produces the prolactin. You get a prolactinoma. Mm-hmm. And then your testosterone drops. And that can have other complications too, as far as like erectile dysfunction. Um, I would say that those are probably the, the bigger hormones to take into consideration with testosterone. Or, or cortisol too. I, cortisol oh, yeah. shuts off. Cortisol mm-hmm. basically shuts off your cell's ability to produce testosterone. Because I, And I, again, this goes back to we, your body is so smart. And I talk about this with ED with my guys all the time. Like a guy has ED. I'm like, look, dude, you are stressed. Your body says this is the absolute worst time to have a baby. Like, why why are you even trying? And cortisol is that. It's the fight or flight hormone. So if your cortisol is really high, your testosterone is going to be inhibited because your body's deciding, do I want to build something or do I want to break it down? And cortisol tells us to break things down. So cortisol literally shuts off your testosterone production. So if you're taking or even using any type of cream, any type of cortisone, it's going to uh, blunt your testosterone production. Yeah. 
I mean, definitely. It's just, it just goes to the, there, there's a biochemical pathway and it just goes to the, all mm -hmm. the cortisol side and nothing goes towards making the hormones like testosterone that you, that you need. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, I mean, I, stress management is key, I feel, um, in all aspects of health. I mean, that's one of the leading causes of every issue. Um, like you said, sugar, stress, and sleep. sleep. Three, uh, three S's of testosterone. You can get those down. You're basically 90% there, but then it's hard. You can't get away from, I don't know, 5G. Like, I don't know what the heck that's doing. We're, we're, we're electrical organisms and we're flying in all this electro, you know, magnetic stuff through the air. I don't, who knows? Probably yeah. not good. Yeah. We really, we really have no idea uh, because we haven't been exposed to it before. And now all of a yeah. sudden we're exposed to it. Gly glyphosate Roundup Ready has been shown to be lighted, right. tail socked, uh, uh, Toxic, basically showing that it gets into your, your lytic cells are in your testes and that's what produce testosterone. So eat organic folks. <laughs> yes, always, always. I mean, we haven't, our bodies really haven't adapted to even think about eating uh, those high yeah. foods and high pesticides. It just doesn't make sense, honestly. Yeah, and I'm trying to even think like 10 parts per billion of glyphosate has been shown to disrupt the, the gut lining in the, in your stomach too. Mm -hmm. and, once that goes, we know we have some problems, people. So. Right, exactly. So do you um, know of, or do you work with any other sort of natural treatments? Of course, we talked about the basics, but any herbs or supplements that you normally recommend to help uh, boost testosterone levels? Yeah, so I, I, I think I told you, I get the question a lot like, hey, how do we naturally boost testosterone? And I have uh, tried with a lot of guys and myself, friends, patients it's it's hard it's really hard when i talk to my guys when especially if i've not, if they're diagnosed with low t i'm like look this is this is what we can do you're in la and you want to get to new york if you if that's your you know your low t is la your high t is new york you can take a first class seat there and fly over there and do testosterone replacement that's you know your first class seat you get in there like we know we're going to get your testosterone up now, if you want to do it naturally, it's pretty much like hitchhiking. It's going to take a lot more, like six months to a year to get there. You might get lost along the way. You may end up in Miami. Who really knows where we'll get you? Um, but there are some things that can help. And a lot of them, it's, it's, it's pretty much when you think about like ashwagandha is an herb that helps with what, the, you know, mitigating stress. There are some studies showing that ashwagandha has been able to help increase testosterone. Um, maybe also using something like DIM, things that help can help your liver get rid of estrogen has been shown to help with testosterone a little bit. Chrysin, uh, zinc, magnesium. You need both of those to produce testosterone. Um, there's some of that are on, on the fence, like L-carnitine maybe, but there isn't anything that I have found like a lot of people, different like testosterone boosters. I've not seen anything that on labs has boosted someone up like into an optimal range. I've seen people at like 250, 300 get to maybe 400, 500, but then they're stuck there. I've never seen someone take a testosterone booster and then hit 900. So, yeah. but it's still worth doing. Um, I just like to put realistic expectations into my patients and I'm all for it too. Like when guys are like, doc, I don't want to go the sipinate route. I want to go the natural route. Like, um, like let's do it. And yeah. there, and some guys come in naturally a little bit higher too. So it just depends. I meet the patient where they're at. I give them basically what I think. And, and in younger guys too, you can use ACG and Clomid. You don't have to use testosterone sipinate, but you know, right. those are some forms of pharmaceutical intervention. Right. And yeah, and I guess that was going to be more my next question was like the difference between synthetic 
testosterone um, versus like bioidentical? Yeah. So I don't really, I'm, I would say, I guess, lucky and the, the terms get thrown around a little bit. So the testosterone mm-hmm. I use is, is testosterone sipinate, okay. which is basically a, a testosterone molecule. And I'm pretty sure I, I may get my biochemistry a little mixed up here, but sipinate, ethanate, propanate, I'm pretty sure those are all esters. So basically testosterone has an extra ester in it. You put it in the body and the body cleaves the ester. And then that becomes what's called bioidentical. Once okay. that ester is cleaved, the body, you, if you put it under a microscope, testosterone from your body and testosterone sipinate without the ester are exactly the same. Okay. Now, as far as testosterone goes, there was a methylated form that was taken orally in the, and I think the sixties and seventies, it created liver damage because mm-hmm. methylation, um, past that you can maybe start getting into some of the anabolic steroids that, that are like DHT derivatives. So a lot of them are synthetic. Um, I think that's just kind of getting down to the the definition of things, but I usually bring that back to the, the women who are using the horse, like when they started using bioidentical women, right? They started with some type of like a horse estrogen that had like 13 different types or 13, 20 different types. And that caused a bunch of cancer and stuff. Um, that hasn't happened in men. And that's why I'm like, Hey, that, 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 the bad rap that that HRT got was from women taking horse urine and we don't Mm -hmm. do that. So. Yeah. <laughs> Good. All right. Do you have anything else you'd like to share before we move on to the rapid fire questions that mm. we may have missed that you really want our audience to know? Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, the main thing is for guys out there to really take um, an initiative to become healthy. Um, I think that it's important to get lab work. Don't chase numbers. It's all, a lot of it has to do with what you feel but it's never too early to start investigating your health and figuring out what's going on. I think a lot of guys always, most guys, they wait till it's broken or falling off before they, they go to the doctor. And that's, that's, that's the problem. That line of thinking is God It's Westernized medicine. You know, it's, it's not healthcare. It's the sick care. They wait till you're sick to do something. And you know, if you're working with one of us, um, we're going to be really trying to get you optimal and resilient. So go find a functional naturopathic, integrative medical doctor to, to get your stuff lined out now. And there's plenty of guys out there who I know, you know, make health a hobby. It's yeah. fun if you want it to be. It, yeah, it definitely can be a lot of fun. Well, and then speaking of optimal, uh, yeah. so let's go into the rapid fire questions. All right. All right. Let's go. <laughs> All right. What does Mahan health mean to you? Yeah. I mean, I would say overall building the largest amount of resilience in the body, building the largest wall so that the, uh, the white walkers can't, come through so you know they're gonna come the white walkers will come it will be a long dark night but if we can build a strong wall we can we can hold them off definitely love it i love it all right so the next two are kind of hand in hand uh what was the most difficult health change for you to make personally and then what are you still working on i mean it could be exactly the same thing or it could be two different things um, I would say the convenience of being able to eat out and eat out anywhere. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm gluten-free, dairy-free. I really enjoy ice cream. Uh, family gatherings can still be tough with a lot of the, the, the foods there. But after you feel bad so many times from eating things that don't agree with you, you get kind of used to it. Uh, my biggest thing that I'm working on right now would be sleep and caffeine. So, I mean, that's a habit. Medical school, again, like when people are like, Hey, how do I feel better? I'm like, dude, you're in medical school. Like, you kind of have to play the game for a little bit and then, I don't know, I'm still working on that one though, caffeine and sleep. Yeah. So starting to get rid of the caffeine intake. 
Yeah, be dependent on it. It's great. Like, yeah. I, I'm a little bit dependent on it at this point. So. Yeah, definitely. Okay. All right. And then the last question is, if you could have any commercial on, on health, right, health-related, and um, it was more of like a PSA, you're not selling anything, what would it be about and why? Um, I think it would be something along the lines of that you should, you should take power of your health, uh, be disciplined to your health is your freedom at the end of the day. So if you can take the discipline actions, Jocko Willick, Jocko, what's it? Willick, that guy, he's a, he's a seal and he has a really good podcast. And he asked this question. He said that he would put the, on the, on the thing that discipline equals freedom. And I think that like in the sense of health, um, I think, you know, I'm very libertarian. I'm very much like take empower yourself, you know, in a world right now that's full of sick care, big pharma, big ag, big technology, trying to turn you into zombies. Like you got to stand up for your right to be healthy. And if you disagree with the doctor, you got to be able to, you know, we have the techno, we have the technology, we have the know-how, we have all these things now to really be empowered for your health. So take advantage of that. Yeah, definitely. It's a great world to be in because we can have access to information uh, more freely now. Yep. 100%. Awesome. Okay. So where can people find you? uh in southern california so uh i'm at yeah. uh, oh and let everyone know about your podcast so uh dr mo has his own yeah. podcast this is why he has all the gear that i don't have yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, my, the, the so podcast yeah. is called the, the michael moeller mentality so i talk about uh a lot of it's men's health but optimal living and then uh, i get into conspiracies and some some tidbits here and there uh my website's drmichaelmuller.com you can find me there you can go in and I think my email is on there too. Uh, Instagram, doctor. Uh, wait, no, that's my my Gmail is my first name, last name, nd at gmail.com. And then um, Instagram's dr.michaelmoller. That's right. Okay. okay. That's yeah. probably the and best I'll have it all in the show notes. So don't worry. It'll Actually, all be there. YouTube's probably where I'm putting most of my work right now. Okay. So we'll do a little, we're doing a little bit of all this stuff, but you know how that is. So. Great. Well, thank you again so much for coming on the show. Really appreciated having you. I, I feel like I always get to learn so much um, anytime I talk to you. So uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's a pleasure being here. You know me, I would do it every day of the week if we could. So uh, yeah. uh, all your listeners go take a, take a, take power in your health. Go do it folks. Yes. All right. Thank you. Well, I hope you all enjoyed that episode. I will have Dr. Mo's information in the show notes, so make sure to find all of that there. And ladies, if you're listening, make sure to get your men to listen to this episode so that they know what they can do to optimize their health. All right, that's all I got for you all today. Wishing you all mahan or great health and happiness, and I'll see you next time.